This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another quickie. This week, I'm back with my co-host and relationship expert, Amanda Blair, as we dig deep into the topic of sexual evolution. In our chat, we unpack our erotic blueprints, which if you are interested to discover in more detail for yourself, you can listen to the bedside episode with Leah Newman, who practices this work titled, What's Your Erotic Blueprint? I'll leave that in the show notes below. But Amanda and I also get into talking about desire and how to share that with a sexual partner, including what it can look like to communicate around desire and also to play around desire. Also, some quick housekeeping updates. The Bedside Good Sex hoodies are back in stock, which we decided to re-release a limited edition print for February running through the 15th of this month. And yeah, I'm really excited about it, particularly because with our products, I always want to create something out of intention that really speaks to the moment and reflects where we're all at and what we're all collectively experiencing. So February felt right to really just emulate a cozy, intimate, and playful garment. And I'm really excited to finally have that back for you. Plus, it's that perfect 90s style fit and the quality is incredible. It is a heavyweight cotton and is so cozy and printed by our friends in upstate New York. So I'll just let that speak for itself. Go check them out. You can find the link in the show notes below on our Instagram and also at thebedside.co online. There is a little shop button and yeah, go at it. As a last thing while you're there, go ahead and sign up to be on our sealed list newsletter. It's really an intimate place where I personally write to you from the heart about my musings on sex, love, and well-being, and it's really where you can stay most up to date with all the things happening at Bedside. So we have a lot of fun over there. Feel free to come and join us. Now back to the episode with Amanda. This was such a fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy. All right, guys. So, hey, welcome back to another Quickies. And yeah, we've got Amanda Blair here. Hello. It's our first time in person. So excited to be in person. Also, you can't see this, but she has a gorgeous house. I am loving this beautiful house of yours. Thank you. We were talking before we started recording, but it was a manifestation, 100%. It feels magical in here. So one of my spirit signs is a butterfly. Recently, it's changed to an owl, which is like the craziest thing. I need to tell you this, I actually. I think one of mine is a butterfly, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Quick tangent. Mm-hmm. My spirit sign is an owl. I saw 
four owls on Friday, last Friday. Oh my gosh. In Griffith Park. Huge. <gasps> huge. Did you look up like what it means? Yes. Yeah. What does it mean? So it's meant a lot for me, actually. This connects to kind of like our friendship episode and transformation and all that sort of stuff. But owls, because they're nocturnal creatures, mm. are shadow workers. Oh. So if they show up for you, you're doing deep transformational work. Oh my God, I have chills because they mean wow. so much to me. And last year I was at a party at a friend's house and an owl physically flew over my head. <gasps> And it was so jarring because they're birds of prey, so they don't make sound. They swoop and it flew right over my head and it was crazy. Like that sensation of a bird of that size flying over your head is wild. Also just like symbolically. Symbolically. And then all throughout this year, they've been appearing in my dreams of spirit guide, but they only show up when shit's real. Totally. And when I see them in my dreams, I wake up with relief in the morning. Transformative stuff. Anyway, so I saw them in person. Well, that has to mean then that Harry Styles is my current spirit guide because he is in my dreams. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Harry Styles. I am like obsessed with him and I try to talk about him as much as I can and like bring him into every conversation just because one, I find it hilarious and two, because he's that good. He is. Can we just take a moment? Yeah, like, let's talk about Harry Styles, a quick tangent. To just like appreciate the beauty that is Harry Styles. To me, the sexiest thing about Harry Styles is the fact that he is like so androgynous and non-binary. That is the sexiest thing. It's so sexy. <laughs> Did you see what he dressed up for Harry Weenas? No. Also, regret of my life that I was not there. But anyway. <laughs> so the first night, he had two nights. First of all, he was at MSG in October five times. Sold out every single time. Iconic. Like, pfft. Legend. Anyway, Harry Ween, which was the night before Halloween and then Halloween itself. First night, dressed up as Dorothy. Oh, great. Dress, hair bow, fucking blush, mascara. His, like, little boots had, like, red slippers on them. Had a toto. He, like, pranced on stage. I'm like, I've never been in love with someone so much in my life. What? It was so sexy. Because it was just no fucking toxic masculinity in sight. I'm like, you are so in touch and confident. And like that is beautiful. Okay, let's like list him right now as an expander because like he makes me feel like I can show up in any identity. Yes. And like just be. Like there's no like forcing or contriving something. Like it's just like or or in meaning something more. It's just like, no, like today I just felt like dressing and expressing myself this way sexually. So that's what it's gonna be. And I think what is great about Harry, because we're on a first name basis, is that he is so embodied. Yeah. And he is seemingly so himself and does not give a fuck and is not trying to impress anyone but himself. And I find that confidence so alluring and so inspiring because you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. So I'm going to like rock what I think is cool or I'm going to show up in the way that I think is cool and impress me. Yes. Yes. That is how we should all be showing up. I know. <laughs> so anyway, I've been dreaming about him a lot. <laughs> and <laughs> that's been great. <laughs> so I'm uh, taking that on, that inspiration on. I wake up feeling such relief after I, I, I see really Harry do. in my dream. <laughs> Every morning when it happens, I wake up and I'm like, we, this is bad. We, this is bad. I definitely. The crush is getting bigger. Yeah, no, I've definitely gone down spirals with Harry. Well, I went to and, a show. And crushing. I know you went to a show. And it was incredible. Like that man... 
He is so charming and he can work a room like I have never seen. I mean, how many people are at MSG? Like 50,000? Yeah, sure. He was able to like engage with everyone and like knew that he needed to spread himself around and flirt with the crowd. And it was just really inspiring to watch. And then the crowd sang every single word of his songs back to him. I just can't imagine what that feels like. And you could see him really taking time to take that in and be like, wow. Like, this is impactful. This is cool. Yeah. Like, look what is happening. <sighs> like, he doesn't take it for granted. It doesn't seem like. It must be so weird to, like, have a platform that large. I can't even imagine. Because also with that, right, is the dark. Yes. The criticism. Yeah. The rumors. Yeah. You know, like, all of that stuff. But he seems to keep it really light, which I love, too. Ugh. I, I mean, it. as of what you can see, like, who knows? But that's what I perceive yeah. from him. We love Harry. Harry, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so I think based off of our conversation last time, we got into some really juicy and, like, pretty vital conversations around friendships. And I feel like we can definitely take that conversation to the next level with relationships and specifically sex like the evolution the natural evolution of stuff because I think oh my gosh especially when it comes to relationships and sex people are like so attached to this honeymoon phase of the frequency of sex the enamoration of your relationship and then when it shifts some people get uncomfortable or like you know what I see a lot with my clients is expectations of what a quote-unquote good sex life is. Mm, Tell me more. Because I do work with clients that are in long-term relationships. We're working on different things. A lot of them, it's like I'm working with them on like different aspects of their life. So whether that's like career or their creativity or just like themselves personally showing up more in that relationship. But I hear a lot of well, is this normal? Is this okay? It isn't what I'm hearing everyone else is doing. And there's just what I feel like a real lack of ownership and also a real lack of exploration. Think that most of us don't realize is we are not actually taught about sex and sexuality. Sure. We are taught about abstinence. Yep. And how if you're a woman, if you want sex, it makes you a slut. And how if you need to be a man, you need to fuck a bunch of people. Mm. That's like where it stops in this country. We're not given tools to explore that. And so we get into relationships. We're like little kids in the sense that we have zero idea. And we have all this insecurity about voicing that Mm. and saying, this feels good for me. This doesn't feel good for me. What feels good for you? What doesn't feel good for you? I think both sexes have different variations on that. I know... So many of my female clients that are in relationships, they're in heterosexual relationships, their men have performance anxiety and get stressed out. And so they don't want to have sex as much as the women perceives a man should want to have sex. Interesting. And I think that is so fascinating because we don't talk about that a lot. At all. At all. That's one of the things that I kind of wish your boyfriend stayed here and we could ask his opinion. I know. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> Call him back. I know. Although that's like a lot to put your relationship on blast. No, I mean, we talk about this stuff all the time. We're like so open to it because for us, our sex life has shifted so much, especially with the pandemic, because I think we 
change to a routine where we're with each other almost all the time. Our home, which was the place when we were living in New York, was like where we 100% unwound. We were intimate, is now also a place of work. It's also a place of working out, all those sort of things. So there definitely have been shifts. And when you mentioned stress and frequency, I think that's so important to break down because 100% stress impacts our sex. So much so. I feel like Moon Juice and Amanda Chantal Bacon are really doing a good job of talking about how stress is affecting our lives in every aspect, whether that's like our health, our sex. What I think Amanda made a really great point about on the recent To Be Magnetic podcast plug is that we just think of stress as big things happening. But we're not taking into account the daily environmental stress that we're all facing because not everyone lives in a tiny town where they have pure fresh water and no smog. We live usually in bigger cities where we have pollution. And let's talk about the electronic pollution that we have. Our phones attached to us at all times. Our computers, we're on TV. Like all of that pollution is stressful to our bodies. You know, the food toxins that we have in our food are stressful to our bodies and we're not paying attention to that. So there's just this underlying level of stress that our bodies were not built for totally. that we're not addressing. No, absolutely. Like why and are we And we're not conscious this? of it. So it's like people don't even know. You don't even realize that that could be affecting you sexually, but you could be making assumptions about your sex drive from that place. Mm-hmm which I think is fascinating. Oh, you just brought up such a good point. I just really think that all those micro undercurrents are not to be missed. The way that they impact us, when you even said screens, it's so funny because the biggest thing that stands out to me is really specifically in the pandemic, how we are just going from screen to screen to screen. Like for me, it's like, yeah, it's like, wake up, look at my phone, cool, get on my computer, do work, get on my Peloton, another screen, then unwind, watch TV. Of course, I have other things I do in between because I'm a ritualist, but it's a lot of screens. Yeah. There's like so much that has kind of like shifted and evolved with our lives in with the pandemic and then sort of this in between place where we're still in it. But like, we're kind of back to normal, but like not like no one really knows. Yeah, we're like really in this in between stage. It's literally like we're in the phase of life where it's like, are we dating or are we not? Totally. Like we're like between hooking 100%, up and dating. Dread person. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That is literally the best analogy ever. And I think if you're single and you're dating during this time, there's this added layer of fear of like, can I make out this person? Will I get Corona? Can I be intimate with that person? Where have they been? Who have they been talking to? Are they vaccinated? Are they not? Like that we never had to deal with before. This is brand new information. But I think it also is helping us bring to light the things that we weren't talking about before, which is a huge benefit. What I'm kind of picking up from this is like evolution of relationships naturally happens. But because of this peculiar time we're also in being forced to evolve and adapt, like it's this other layer and it's just made it's pointed the spotlight on sex and relationships in such an interesting way. I wonder like about your clients who are dating and do you have clients who are dating? Because I think and I know this from some close friends of mine, like it's really hard to date right now. That's what I'm kind of picking up on. I think there's a little bit of pressure 
to kind of like find someone and move in and do the thing. Well, to me, that hasn't changed. I think in that aspect, that is the same before because I was hearing that before too, right? It's like dating is hard. It's like you got to figure it out and it's got to be quick. And I think my whole kind of philosophy around dating and, you know, especially when I'm talking to clients, it's like there is no rush. Slow it down. Slow it down, slow it down, slow it down. And when I'm talking to them about sex, it's really helping them understand that usually they don't have tools for sex. And I'm not talking like sex toys. I'm talking about understanding their own sexuality and then having a partner who is trying to understand their own as well and then them understanding what their sex is going to be together. There's no conversation about that. It's just like, oh, do you think they're hot? Like, take off your clothes and, like, put body parts together. But there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you're doing that, it, you're usually following, like, a protocol of, like, what you've witnessed on mm-hmm. porn or something yep. Yep. where yep. it's like, okay, like, we'll do foreplay for, like, two minutes and then the uh, penetration and then... Or, uh, like, penis and other places if you know in some other sort of relationships sure or no penises or no penises also cool Pen- insertation penetration sex toys you know all the things and then like be done with it right 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 okay did you watch the goop sex show i watched the old one i still haven't watched okay, the new everyone one. needs to watch this new goop sex show because on the first episode they dive into it the most there is this woman i forget her name But she talks about the different personality traits of sexuality. And there's energetic, sexual. Is this Miss Jaya? Yeah. She's on the podcast. She's coming on. Well, one of, not specifically her, one of her, like, people. Okay. But, like, this erotic blueprints. Yes. Yes. Erotic blueprints. Yes. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. That was really eye-opening because you realize, like, yeah, you're going to experience sex and, like, turn on. In different ways. And if you don't understand what that is, you may be taking that personally as like, oh, well, I'm just not that sexual or "Mm, I'm just not like can't get that turned on or there's something wrong with me. And there's not. It's just you're not understanding your own sexuality. So you can't communicate that to a partner. And here's the thing is no one can read your fucking mind. So this idea that you're going to meet someone and they're just without talking to you, going to be able to blow your mind sexually time and time again is a falsehood. Like there's just, why would that work? Well, think of it this way too. Like how many times you go into, if in anybody's experience when they're dating around and hooking up, you'll kind of go into an experience and maybe the first time you hook up is not the best. When is it the best? It's so awkward. Because you have like, to, don't know each other yet. And sure, sometimes like you'll sometimes connect with somebody and sometimes you'll just be like, can be great. that I was crazy. Say. We yeah. just were very synergetic. But I have found that if you have a first time with someone that is like mind blowing, if you are in a longer term thing with that person. It's harder to recreate. It's harder to recreate as time goes on. Wow. And it can be really disappointing. Yeah. Because you set the bar really high. And that was a fluke. Like it was just going off like lust. And then to like actually build intimacy requires work. It can be really disappointing for both people. Isn't that mind altering sex like you had the first time, which isn't abnormal. It just it does ebb and flow. And also it changes. And also it takes work. It's funny you bring that up, too, because like the times where I've had those kind of euphoric one night stand situations when they've ended 
I'm not interested in going back for that reason because it was like supposed to be that one kind of euphoric connection that I was seeking and like thrill. I could kind of have the foresight like this wasn't a long term thing. I love that. It's really interesting. Okay, question for you. Did you take the quiz? Yes. Okay. I'm energetic and also energetic and energetic and sensual and kinky. (laughs) But like energetic and sensual are my highest and then kinky is right underneath there. Sexual is the last which I like, yes, that makes perfect sense because I've always known like I want to take time. I want a lot of foreplay and I don't just want oral sex, like <laughs> love oral sex. If you're not willing to have oral sex with me, you cannot be in my bed. But I don't even want to jump to that. I want time. I want like laughing, giggling, talking, like touch. I want it to take time explore and like that build up that tension really is what gets me going like that I want to be spending a long time of course not every single time sure but like when you have the time that's what I want to do like if you really want to like get me that's how you get me and so reading that I was like oh yeah this of course yeah and everybody listening should be familiar because I think that episode will come out by the time this episode oh, good. comes out. Oh, so I'm so glad you know. have her on. Like, this is all very connected. I know. Right Amanda now. and I, every time we connect, this is very connected. We're like, this is so odd how intertwined our lives are. Okay, so I took the quiz. This is funny. Did your boyfriend take the quiz? No, I haven't. Sent oh, he it needs to, to take yet. the quiz. I know. Also, did you do the $17 version? No. Everyone take the $17 version. It's 17 bucks. It's worth it because it gives you more in-depth questions and I think does a better job about giving, giving you real results. And like you said, with that version, I think they give you the breakdown mm-hmm, of they the do. other ones because when you don't pay for it, you only get one And version. you see your percentages. You okay, see cool. like you're this okay, much do that. energetic, you're this much sensual, you're this much kinky, you're this much sexual. Oh, great. And you're like this one, this much, all of them. Okay, so here's my story. So I, and now I actually have to go back and do it in depth because I only know the like top one but so and mine also changed when I did the longer quiz oh it did yeah it was okay. central was on top and then when I did the long one inner deck was on top okay interesting it might be a little more detailed it's more detailed okay so the first time I took it was honestly I want to say like two years ago now and when I took it the first time I came out as sexual which is just to like reiterate what that is for everybody yeah it's very like heteronormative naked bodies like the stuff that media portrays as like sexy and like sex oriented porn all that sort of stuff like that is what got me going it's really interesting in my evolution of kind of discovering all this for myself and what this time in the pandemic has been and all the transformative shifts that I've been doing on my own I retook the quiz and I'm now centralist mm. which makes a lot more sense love that because and you I, have to have your boyfriend take the quiz I know I need to because we just have a very great way of connecting intimately that doesn't that. always involve sex sex I don't know about you but for me personally because I am mostly straight so I'm having sex with men so like actual penetrative sex I want for like maybe 15 minutes yeah maybe it's a lot to like it's a lot. take that into your body for a long period of time. Like I don't want to have well, to be not... penetrated for like an hour. Yeah. It... And I don't know. Some men think that you want that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that is not. That's like a porn model. Yeah, exactly. Like that is not sexy for me yeah. <laughs> at all. So seeing that like at my least percentage, I was like, yes, I want so much other things before 
that happens or we get there or like even that doesn't even need to be there. And I'm like can feel really satisfied. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I'm happy that I took it over like two years ago because I now get to see the transformation of what my sex life has become. Yeah. I'm really curious to see like the breakdown of percentages. I found it really interesting. And also like kink, I like the way that she described kink because she was like, it's not just like BDSM and you know that. It's different sensations Mm -hmm. and just anything kind of out of the box. It doesn't have to be some big thing. It can just be like wanting blindfolding someone and running like different things over their body to like see the different sensations and that was like yeah okay cool I think people are like really turned off by the concept of kink like in mainstream speaking even people that are more into like the kink scene yeah that can feel really exclusive like if you're not fucking out there then you can't be a part of it and that can feel really like well then I'm not a part of it so it felt really nice to have that opened up a little bit and broadened Yes. And that's the whole point of like this whole exploration. It's like you want to be able to be like, oh, actually, yeah, like this sort of stuff does apply to me and like let me explore how instead of feeling like the door is closed for you because it's a spectrum. Totally. So I feel like that is really helpful if you're in a couple. Really helpful to do because understanding that for each other and then being able to break that down. I know a lot of couples that can't and don't have those kind of conversations and don't get vulnerable and to me intimacy isn't sex or it isn't just sex but it has so much more to do with being vulnerable and opening up bearing yourself to the other person emotionally when you can have that that is going to make your sex so much better yes because you need to understand the other person totally and it's not just like what feels good and what doesn't it's like how they feel that day how they're showing up Are they stressed out? What's going on in their life? You know, and how that can affect them, how to pull them out of the head and like get them into their body and like get into a moment where they can be present with you and connect with you in that way. There needs to be conversation around that. Yeah. Right. I couldn't agree more. Like it it just has to happen. It just has to happen. And I think like some, I don't know. I think, like, I've also just, like, tried to broaden my sense of what, like, being intimate is like. Like, it's snuggling on the couch together at night, like, watching and being cozy and watching a movie. Like, little things like that where I'm, like, feeling that same fulfillment in varying ways, you know? Well, and for anyone listening who is single or dating, um, intimacy isn't just in romantic partnership. Intimacy to me is, again, like, truth with another. Yep. So you can have that in your friendships and I hope if you are listening and you like don't have a romantic partner go see how you can explore intimacy inside of those friendships mm. like where can you guys expose more of yourselves to each other That's because great. doing that will help you learn how to do that romantically also pursuing intimacy within your friendships and also your family relationships how can you find that sense of intimacy as an adult now with your family members that you want to explore that with that depth will be deeply satisfying. Thank you. That we is think perfect. that it's just like romantic love yes. that will satisfy us, but it's fucking not. Yeah. That depth is up to us to find. And there's so many ways to explore it. All of those different ways feed you. 
I love, love, love that you just said that because I think sometimes like we'll put this concept of partnership or dating and whatnot on a pedestal. I literally just told someone today, take it off the pedestal. <laughs> take it off the pedestal. Because I'm like, it's not the end all be all. No. It's just not. Like yeah. we assume that when we get into a relationship, it's going to make all the things we feel go away that we don't want to feel and all the things that we want to feel come in. And like to a certain aspect, that will happen for a period of like, if you're lucky, six months when you're in like in that honeymoon phase and you've forgotten everything and you're just diving into someone else. Right. And then once it kind of like crashes back down to reality, all that shit will come rushing back and it'll be worse because the thing that you wanted isn't taking it away. Yeah. And that is so lonely. A relationship reflects back only what you're doing inside of yourself. So if you're not filling up your cup, your relationship is going to reflect that back. Wow. And if you're filling up your cup, a relationship will reflect that back because it's going to then add to that, right? And it's going to be overfull, which is great because then you're going to feel like, whoa, yes, that's amazing. But because you took that responsibility of that, right? So you yourself are your end all be all. It's not the relationship. We are complicated beings and we have so much depth to us and we have so many layers to us. We need a lot of things to feed us. We don't just need one person. Yeah. And I want to like iterate too, like someone who's been in partnership for almost five years now, like it is such a beautiful. Your boyfriend is great, by the way. Thank He's so you. sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I really, I was like, I like you. <laughs> He's really chill. Yeah. He's like one of those guys who's like, yeah, hey. Yeah. Welcome. He's really cool. <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> Being in partnership for that time and duration has been so fulfilling and enriching, but I want to also stress what you were just saying about friendship and family dynamics and all that sort of stuff. Like, my partner does not check the whole box of my full cup. No. God, no. At all. He couldn't even if he tried. Yeah. Because it's not his fucking job. No, it's not his job. And I rely on my relationships with my like closest circle so deeply and cultivating that same intimate language. Right. It's so funny. I have one of my best friends in town this weekend and I can't wait to see her. We grew up down the street together, oh, like just that. basically sister 2.0. And I thought I gave my boyfriend like a really big hug yesterday and sometimes just like a deep long hug feels so good Uh, and I had the thought so much serotonin from that I know I I am not hugged nearly enough (laughs) that is for sure (laughs) this pandemic has been hard for the hugs I know it's been hard on the hugs and I thought because I haven't seen her in a really long time I was like I can't wait to give her the same hug yeah like a big big hug I was like I want this same serotonin well do you know what happens when we hug someone for more than eight seconds no tell me our nerve systems start to regulate with each other and like literally helps calm each other down wow so genuinely a healthy thing to do and again it doesn't have to be in romantic partnership you can have that intimacy inside a friendship and pursue that and that is why you can be in this five-year relationship with your partner find fulfillment from it still because you're not looking to him to provide you with that fulfillment. No. You're taking your fulfillment within yourself. And you're not also looking to your friendships to do that either. No. Right? You're taking ownership within yourself, bringing from that place, okay, now I am taking care of me so I can come to this relationship and I have tons to give. Yes. And I then can receive. Yes. Right? So it's like from that place, you get that depth. Just riffing off that for a while, this has been like a big unlearning for me, where there was a time 
a couple years ago when I was operating out of a space of wanting the relationships in my life to give me kind of like the okayness, just make me feel better for whatever circumstances were going on. And I had this radical shift. I remember when I was like, actually, that is not that person's job. With my partner, I remember like we each had like a moment, probably a fight that led to like a really deep conversation where we were just like, we are not here to be each other's therapists. You are not and I am not supposed to bear the weight of all of that all the time. So like, how can we support each other to also like, learn to find that peace and comfort from within. Yes, and also to understand internally that you don't have to have answers. And oftentimes that's not what people want. I had a friend who said when someone's like venting or expressing themselves or having a hard time, what do you need to hear right now? Ooh. Because do you need to hear advice? Do you need to hear my opinion? Or do you just need to vent and just for me to listen? And just like validate you. It takes the pressure off. Right. Because oftentimes for me, I know when I'm talking to a friend, I don't need advice. Yeah. I'm wanting support and I'm wanting like a container in which to express. And I just want space held for me. Mm -hmm. And so if I get advice, I'm like, okay, I roll. And I try my best to not do that to friends because I'm like, I do do this for a living. So I'm trying to not like throw that on you. And there are times when I do want advice and I will ask for that. I'll be very like, What's your thoughts? Yeah. What are your thoughts on yeah. that? What are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Because then is really helpful. So it's what does that person need? Ask. I We have this weird thing that like we're all supposed to know what the other one needs without asking. Fucking ask. Ask for what you want in bed. Ask what that other person wants in bed. Ask what that person needs. Like in a moment of conversation. Yeah. Don't just assume. Don't just assume. There was a moment where like I was talking with Amanda off air about like some grief that I've been going through and there was a moment when I was having people in my life try to give me advice. And I remember just feeling so off put by that because I was like, no, 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 no. this is like, I'm internally processing this. Right. Like, and there was a moment. And communicate that. Yes. There was a moment I communicated that. And I just said, actually, I think all I want is for you to just say, like, I see you. Yeah. And like, you're doing great. Yeah. I will call out a friend. I'll be like, look, I know you love me and I know you're wanting to help, but I don't need to be coached right now. I'm talking to have space for me. And they're like, okay, great. I love it. So I want to go back to this thing about like communicating for what you want in bed. Yes. Let's talk to singles, dating. Yep. And long-term partnership. Sure. Because do it. I think various degrees of uncomfortableness in both of those places. Yes, absolutely. You know? Honestly, let's start with partnership because that's just like top of mind. We've been talking about it for a minute. I have in a funny way and you're inspiring me to make my partner take this quiz oh, you have about to. sexuality because we've done the it's called a sexapalooza worksheet if you just google it actually I think I have it on the bedside website I'll link it in the show notes you can download it and it's a worksheet where you basically answer like yes no maybe questions to different sex things to try and then you can compare it with someone so my partner and I had done that maybe like a year ago and we were like oh this is awesome we're so compatible in like these different categories and things that were just like not brought up or no's for each of us we were just like okay we can like discuss our no's later and whatnot asking for what you want in a long-term partnership is a really interesting thing I think there's definitely when you get to the place of vulnerability and comfortability it's actually easier to of course be able to say no this works in some ways yes caveat here 
I have found it challenging to sometimes introduce new things, new concepts and new forms of play because I think sometimes and many times people get locked into like one way to have sex because like it you can feel figured threatening. Out, yeah, you well, that's to you. bring up other things too. Yeah, but you figured out like your codes like like you play each other like a little violin and you know exactly what to do and what buttons to press and right. bing bang boom. And right. So but if we're practicing monogamy, that will get boring. Totally. And it's like that is good to have for moments where life is really busy and you have kids and like you're doing a bunch of shit and you're tired. Like it's good to have that like those standbys. But if you want that novelty. Yeah. And I think satisfaction on like a deeper level of feeling seen and of feeling that connection that's going to require more conversation mm-hmm. and more openness to mm-hmm. get uncomfortable because that is uncomfortable. Absolutely. I think too, like what is kind of a neat concept to explore. Let's say you're in long-term partnership and you have the weekend free. Figure out how you both collectively want to spend the weekend together. For example, let's say it's like really rainy and cozy, like play into that and just be like, okay, like our intimacy is going to start with like, we're going to hang out on the couch together and like undress later. And I think you can kind of lean into that energetic space as you are an energetic and play off of that too where some weekends you're like no I can't wait to like go out get dressed up and like have a sexy date night like there's different ways that you can kind of play into what that sex will look like so I think that and it's also having a partner who is open to exploring what really works for you even if that isn't their number one and that might even make them uncomfortable because they don't understand it and so they fear it or there's like a misconception about it for them like kinky for example totally that could throw someone off and be like whoa no 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 but it can just be sensations that are out of the box right and so it doesn't have to be so scary but being willing to explore that be open to that and then to get that back for you to then do that with them and to like go for do the things that they really love to do and explore that with them I think too, like, and this will be a little bit more heteronormatively speaking because my non-binaries out here listening, like totally relate to the exploration because that's really what pleasure has pushed them towards. But I think specifically more heteronormative men explore some play with toys. Also, don't be scared of your butts. Yeah, don't be scared of your butts. Don't be scared of the butts. That is a very important key. and. Mom, don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, I know. Literally, (laughs) mom, dad, don't listen. I'll just say, and I'll link it because I just want everybody to have access to this. There are really cool anal starter kits with like little plugs that graduate. And that is really fun. I followed this couple who they're not like free of being a little problematic. So like tread lightly with them. But it's um, Mitch... I think his last name is Mustang now. He took on his wife's last name, which, first of all, I love, and Sally Mustang. And they have an intimacy course. And the intimacy course is, like, cool. They explore that for them. But one of the things they talk about in there is how the guy, Mitch, loves her putting on a strap-on and her fucking him. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And I was like, first of all, fucking kudos for saying that, opening that conversation up and being like, I am straight. This doesn't make me gay. And also it feels really fucking good. Yeah. 
Like I just so I <laughs> love that, and that there's no like. I mean, I'm sure he had to like work through some stuff. Maybe I don't know. I don't know his personal journey with it, but I just love the this is good. So it doesn't need to mean anything yeah. other than I like it, and it's I'm not hurting anyone. I'm doing this with a consensual partner who I love. There's no shame. This is making me laugh because I'm just like had this thought of. I guess that's called pegging. It is called pegging. But just, I love the openness with it. When we started our conversation with Harry Styles, I'm like, what kind of sex is Harry Styles having? Right. Because like, Lord, let's be I real. Know. I know. We want to know. <laughs> Harry? He's very private. I don't want to interfere with your privacy, but tell me, please. I know the fun. Okay. So couples who are individuals who are dating. Yeah. How to like explore intimacy within that and have that kind of conversation. That is going to feel wildly vulnerable yeah. because you don't know that person. But here's something I always feel to be really true. If you're not willing to have a conversation with someone about something potentially embarrassing when it comes to your body or their body or sex, why are you having sex with them? I love that. I it like, just made me think a of a body like- part is going to be going into your body part, no matter what kind of body part it is. That is like the most personal thing you can do, but you can't have a conversation. That's, you know what I mean? Right. So I think part of that, let's like give a little homework here, is if it feels uncomfortable. So let's say you're newly having sex with someone. It's okay, but it's not like what you're really wanting. And it feels really embarrassing or it feels really vulnerable to express yourself. You're worried about them getting mad you're worried about them feeling bad you're worried about rocking the boat so how can you kind of start to explore that one I want you to like write down on the piece of paper what am I scared of and get clear on like what the fears are underneath that of talking about this particular thing let's use an example so if you're wanting to talk about pegging pegging great let's bring that out more you're nervous about the other person judging you You're nervous about them not wanting to. You're nervous about hurting their feelings because what you've been doing hasn't been satisfying or whatever. So pick out those fears and then see where your insecurities are showing up there. So are you scared of rejection? Why? Boil those down Mm. to where those are really coming from for you. And then where are those insecurities coming from in yourself? And then you can do work around those. If I recommend to be magnetic to do work around that, but FYI. And then from there, you can step into that conversation by one, really sitting with yourself before it and like processing feelings. Okay, this is what I'm feeling. And then go have a conversation with your inner child. Hey, we're okay. We're safe. If this person doesn't like us anymore because we talk about this or rejects us because we bring this up, this won't kill us. Yeah. We'll feel a feeling. We can feel a feeling. We're safe. We can it's feel okay. a feeling. We're okay. Like, yep. I am safe. I will protect you. I got you. And then it's facing that conversation and just being really open. This is really uncomfortable for me to talk about. I'm really scared to talk about this. I'm worried if I talk about this, you will judge me. And just be open. And it won't be perfect. It'll be clunky. And you might need to go back and correct. And that's okay. And go back and correct means you bring something up, but you don't bring it up fully or you say something that you don't really mean or you don't say it in the way that you mean it. Go back and correct. Hey, when we were talking about this, I said blank. I didn't mean that. I was scared. So I said it this way. What I really meant was this. Ooh, I love that. 
We don't need to say it perfectly. We can always go back and correct. Always. Here's another piece of advice that reminded me of something that I'd experienced with my partner, but I think it applies to kind of like this scenario of people who are single and kind of dating around as well. It applies to all the above. If you have a conversation with someone and it feels like it's loaded and it's big and there's a lot to uncover and maybe you need to take a step back and like ask yourself and be with yourself about something or the other person vice versa like you don't have to have a conversation about let's say exploring kinks or sexual desires and conclude it that day in that moment no this is an ongoing conversation yes I've had many conversations where I've been like cool I brought that up looks like we both each need to like sit with something here let's like revisit this because it's not a pressing issue and also that will evolve yes it'll be like this is how I feel about this right now and in three months I'll have more information. Yeah, totally. I'll know more. Or like in a year from now, I might completely change where I'm at on that. And that's okay. We're not like stuck in the thing that we're bringing up. It's like, where are you in that moment? What is the information that you have? Use that. And then if that needs to change and evolve, great. Continue to have a conversation that is changing and evolving. I love this. I feel like we're just breaking down ways in which to have the conversation, which is just to lead with the truth. Right. And really, the moral of the story of this podcast is that it's okay that this stuff doesn't come supernatural or super quickly within a relationship because we are not taught this stuff. So we are not taught to have these conversations. We don't explore that with ourselves. So, you know, sometimes we're not even talking about it fully with our girlfriends. Yeah. Like, we'll talk about the highlight stuff, like, this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? (laughs) But the way we feel about it, or things that are uncomfortable, like, I like this and I think it's kind of weird. Do you? Yeah, the deeper stuff. Right, like, the deeper stuff we're not bringing up. Yeah. So, it's okay that it feels a little clunky. That's okay. Mm -hmm. You're not bad at sex, if that feels that way. Yeah. And also, sexual experience isn't just the number of people you've slept with. It's about you exploring. I totally agree. And like understanding yourself and your body, being willing to show up and understand your partner and their body. Was it? I heard somewhere, and I like want to know if it was you that I like heard on your live or something, where someone on my feed was like, if someone tells me that they're good at sex and they've had many sexual partners, like, I don't trust that. Like, I don't use that. Like, I run away. <laughs> I don't saying. know. I don't know that I said that. But okay. I, I mean, <laughs> I agree with that to some extent. Or I like think, they were saying kind of like if someone yeah. is like really talking their game and like bragging about it, they're just like, hmm. Mm, really question. Anyways, that. yeah. I know we've left you guys with like a lot of thought starters yeah but I don't know do you have any kind of like concluding thoughts here to like tie a little bow yeah I really want people to give themselves permission to explore their sexuality and what that means to them that doesn't mean that their label has to change that their identity has to change it doesn't have to be that big that it can just be it can just be right it can just be and like just be also like what turns me on and that I haven't explored before What doesn't turn me on? And can I be more open with the people that I'm sleeping with about that? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I love this. Like, just let yourself explore. Give yourself permission. Amanda and I can probably talk for hours. I I could go on and on and on. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) But yeah. What is your takeaway? Like, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that we look so tightly at the way that we perform in the bedroom and like what that means in the outside world and what that means to like how we identify. Yes. Perform. And I think 
that that's not what we should be doing. Exactly. Like take the performance out of yeah. it. And like, how can we throw more play and investigation in there yeah. without having to mean anything? Vulnerability. How can we be fucking more vulnerable in the bedroom? Because guess what? You're going to have better sex. Yeah. You absolutely will. I mean, there's so much funny stuff that happens in the bedroom between queefing and like, oh my gosh, the noises and, and like liquids, the, the liquids. <laughs> just like, guys, it is messy. So just embrace it. And like bodies. Yeah. You know, and like the shapes they make. Yes. Oh my God. It's, it's weird. It's so, it is but weird. But like weird in the best way. Weird and beautiful. Weird and beautiful. Weird and beautiful. And it's all okay. It's all normal. Yes. It is. All right, guys. Yay. Thank you so much for joining us. So glad. And we, can't wait to meet you in another month. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at The Bedside and thebedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening.